I recently heard a quote where someone said, don't let life put a period where God intended a comma to be. And after I finished dry heaving, gagging at the cheesiness of the, uh, the, the absurdity, of that quote, I like. What if I don't throw out the baby with the bathwater here? What if I think about the 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 meaning behind it? And I I realized, man, if someone would have told me something like this about five years ago, I, I could have saved myself the years, literally years, it took for me to learn a really specific lesson that I genuinely feel like I've only learned in the past year and a half. So today I want to share with you the story of a catastrophic event in my career that happened about five years ago, how I translated it mentally, completely what I think is the wrong way, how it took me about three and a half years to get over it, and an interview and a thought that I stumbled on three months ago that I can't even tell you how much I wish I could go back in time and play that for my past self. Hey friends, this is Rob, and welcome to another edition of Give Us This Day, Our Daily Guinness. Every day, for a year, I'm drinking a pint of Guinness and recording daily episodes for the podcast. I'm calling daily Guinness episodes. I am currently in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. We're visiting Sarah's parents, and I don't know if you can hear it right now. I stepped outside to record this, so I'm like, I'm literally standing like outside of their home right now. I like I'm in between their house. Hopefully the neighbors aren't listening to me right now or looking out their window cuz I'm sure I just look like an idiot standing outside in the middle of Iowa just with a microphone talking to the crickets here. <laughs> but I want to share with you this thought. Today I just want to share with you a thought about differentiating between uh, periods and commas in life. So this quote I came across, don't let life put a period where God intended a comma to, comma to be. Now, I mean, the first thing, the reason why uh, it triggered my emotional gag reflex, uh, my spiritual gag reflex, is any, I mean, just any time anybody refers to God as almost like, like the uh, Santa Claus in the sky that we go to and we want things like, you know, like a better parking spot or something like that. And that's initially, you know, I post on in this in thought on Instagram asking, you all, what your thoughts were on it. The majority of the conversations I had in my DMs were with you talking about the spiritual side of this. Uh, so many of you uh, and this tr- this thought of God and faith and spirituality and how we look at religion. You know, that's uh, cool. And I'm pumped that the conversations went that way. I don't want to get into the faith and religion side of it for this. For me, the way I would uh, translate this quote would be, oftentimes in life, situations that we would consider initially as periods, oftentimes are only commas urging us to take a breath and move forward. Now, what's the sentiment behind this? What's the, what's a period comma? What the hell does this mean? A period to me. Well, let me let me just tell you an example. For me, I had a massive in my career five years ago. I had a massive period moment. <laughs> I had a massive period about five years ago and it upheaved my whole life, rightfully so. <laughs> um, but I, uh, uh, what happened was I was in the middle of what I considered the launching point of my career for the past three. You know, I would say I left, but let me even back up even further. I dropped out of college. 
when I realized that studying music at a university level was not going to lead me to my goals of actually being a professional musician. And when I dropped out of college, I spent about a year or so being completely homeless. I was dating Sarah at the time, and I was crashing on friends' couches uh, for about a year. I was hustling my face off. I mean, I was just constantly pushing and pushing. And finally, uh, my musical career started taking off. Specifically, I had landed this massive gig with some of my closest friends where I was traveling the world. Uh, It was a situation that I thought was going to be the launching of my career that, okay, this is great and this is just going to set me off and from here on out, it's only bigger and better. And all of a sudden, three years into it, three years into one of the greatest gigs of my life, it ended suddenly without warning for reasons that I won't dive into here. Uh, but because because that doesn't even matter. The matter is how I translated that gig ending to me uh, with that my the, that gig specifically ending and going through about a three month period because I was like on the road all the time. So because I was investing in those relationships and I hadn't been investing in the relationships in the local music scene, I was back home. And I had like three or four months where I just was not really playing music. And I translated that to be a massive period in my musical career. I just said, you know, I even found myself telling friends, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if I never play music again, which is the dumbest thing. Even if you think that, by looking back, I'm like, that's even saying that to my closest friends, putting that on the universe, entertaining those thoughts was the dumbest thing ever. But in my mind, I genuinely believe that. I'm like, this is it. You know what? I can, I would not be surprised if this is the end of my musical career and I just have to figure something else out in life. That began a about three year period of really, really difficult emotional and personal work internally uh, that I would not trade for anything in the world. But the biggest thing, besides like all the tangible things that happened during that time, the growth in me personally and the external things that happened for me, uh, one of the biggest things was an understanding of how things worked. And I realized that looking at those things, these moments, these periods of time in life and looking when we initially look at it as periods, like an end of an era or something, life and especially making a living in arts is not like I've said before, this, uh, this business graph where you start on the bottom left hand side and just slowly is the smooth movement up and to the right, the slow climb and every gig is better. Every gig's bigger. Every opportunity, every relationship's bigger and better. Life doesn't work that way. I mean, even right now I'm like stumbling over my words. It's hard for me to say, okay, well, this is actually how things work. Until a few months ago in May, I stumbled on an interview with Neil Patrick Harris. I mean, most people know of him as uh, an actor from How I Met Your Mother and uh, Doogie Howser back in the day. Which, by the way, is for a podcast called The Off Camera Show, which I cannot rave enough about. But in it, uh, in this conversation, randomly, uh, Neil Patrick Harris said something that blew my mind. And what he said was, He said that a career in the entertainment industry is like surfing. Think about how surfing works. Like you'd start at the very beginning and you paddle your ass off just to catch a wave. You get out there, you finally catch a wave, you finally catch your big break and you surf it as long as you can and it dumps you out right where you started. 
and you've got to start all over again. If you want to catch another wave, you've got to start back over again. And that's the difference between periods and comets. Like to me, life was doing that. Like I had just caught this massive wave. Uh, I like I was I literally I'm not I'm by massive wave. I'm talking like I just got back from opening for the Foo Fighters, and now all of a sudden. I don't have a gig. And that I realized is like, yeah, I caught my wave and it ran its course. And this is where it was always going to take me. So I can either sit here and mope about it like I did for freaking months and waste time. Or I can realize the whole point of life is to surf. And the ultimate goal is to fall in love with surfing. And yep, okay, here I am again. Uh, The surfers aren't surprised when their wave is done. Yep, you get back on your board and you paddle back out and you spend an entire day doing that. And then you spend entire weeks and months and years doing that because you love catching those waves and surfing. And I realized, man, I've now realized I've wasted so much freaking time in my life bitching about having to start over and thinking and worrying about the work that goes into paddling out and like wait, sitting around and waiting for this big wave. And instead, uh, when I realized that, yeah, that's the point. That's how things work. Life is life. Waves are constantly happening, but you're not going to catch a wave unless you paddle your ass out there. Anybody that you you respect that has made a career doing something they love, maybe it's not because they caught their massive wave and it just never ended. Maybe it's because they fell in love with surfing and they just got used to paddling. I don't know. This is like I feel so preachy when I do these things. I think these, I don't know, like these daily Guinness episodes. I feel so cheesy if I'm being honest. Like sharing these thoughts. Like I, I've not I don't consider myself a teacher at all. And I feel like I don't know. I just it makes me feel weird sharing this sentiment with you. But I'm doing it anyway because I wish I would have stumbled on this shit five years ago because it would have saved me a ton of pain. And maybe there's a chance, even though this is hella cheesy, that there that you need to hear this right now. So this is my hope for you. The curious. That you would not confuse commas for periods. And that you, every freaking day, would cultivate your own joy of surfing. Uh, hey, this is a snippet of uh, the Neil Patrick... Harris interview where he's talking about his realization of surfing. It's from the show, The Off Camera Show. If you want to listen to the full interview with Neil, it rules. And everything that's on that Sam Jones does on the, uh, he's like a master communicator, by the way. He's like a master interviewer, someone I would, would uh, I would hope to, I would aspire to be with uh, my conversations on this podcast and in an everyday life. And if you want to check it out, a link to The Off Camera Show is in the show notes below. All right, that's all I got. As always, stay curious. I've said this story before, but it it is a profound story for me. Uh, When I first started on the Doogie Howser Spectacular, um, Stephen Bochco sat me down at lunch, took me and my parents to lunch, and talked to me, as he always did, like a human person, co-worker, not like a child. How old were you at this point? I was 15. Okay. It was during the pilot. So I got the gig at the last minute, and he sat me down, and I was from New Mexico and was very, very green. And he sat me down and said, this industry is like uh, surfing, is that you have to get on a surfboard and paddle, paddle through and wait for a long time, hoping that you catch a wave and you'll try and catch them and you'll miss them and someone else will catch them and they'll, everyone will cheer. 
uh, and eventually you'll catch a wave and you'll ride it and it'll be fantastic and you'll be really great and you'll get all the way to the end and then the wave will inevitably crash and you'll have to turn around and you'll have to paddle back out and you'll have to get hit by waves as you get back out there and then once you get out there you're gonna have to sit around there for a long time waiting for another wave to come along but the way that surfing works is that there are always sets of waves that will always come come through and that the goal is to be patient enough to value that um, metaphor. Right. And I did. So I think uh, while I was worried that I may never work again, I managed to continue to work again. So I thought, well, I'm not getting gigs in LA. I'm only getting offered TV movies, which is not a bad thing. I, like, once a year I would get offered great money for four weeks in Toronto or Vancouver to film a Christmas film or a movie where I kill my parents and with a wood mall. <laughs> and I'd go and I'd I meet the real one kid. in my research. That was good. Uh, and Not Our Son. That's a, that was an actual movie. Yeah, Not Our Son. Johnny Galecki and I. Really? I think that was the one, Not Our Son. I could have, that could have been the one where I was a serial arsonist. Well, at least you had range. Empires. <laughs> but I always did kind of have that botchko conversation in the back of my head because I, I, I desired longevity more than I desired fame. I think the immediacy of fame, although it is an opiate, uh, is, is, is certainly double-edged. And so fame like a shooting star, which is bright but dies out, I would much rather learn how to operate uh, a telescope so I can have some kind of perspective and sit and wait for the next chapter. Thank you.